Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we'll talk about the food you put in your mouth and everything else that nourishes you or doesn't, with special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women burning out in mission-driven work. Starting with season two, we're going to spend time talking with three types of guests, women experiencing burnout in mission-driven work, conventional and alternative practitioners who serve them, and with others whose lives intersect with them and their organizations, in particular with individuals looking to implement innovative ways to fund the holistic health of these women. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good, and my mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by EAT, Your Way to Health, my group health coaching program for women burning out in mission-driven work. What makes this program different from other programs? For one thing, we focus on the stresses that are specific to mission-driven work. Perhaps even more importantly, scholarships are available, my way of making health coaching accessible to everybody. For more information or to apply for the March 2021 cohort, go to is good that's is.gd slash eat your way to health or follow the link in the show notes and if you're not in need of coaching and are looking to do some good in the world consider donating to the eat scholarship fund details at simplyhealthcoaching.com slash gift and that link is also in the show notes This week's episode with Mary Cecanese comes from the archives of the Sorta Secret Sisterhood, a membership site that I ran for women over 40 and which has since migrated to a private Facebook group. I'll put the link to that group into the show notes if you're interested in checking it out. Because so many of the practitioners I interviewed in the original group were um, also supportive of women in burnout, I'm repurposing many of these excellent Q&As on the podcast. This interview took place in November of 2019, and as we wrap up 2020, it just feels right to spend a little time in gratitude, even if it's just for the year being over. A little background on Mary. Mary Ceganese is the owner and principal consultant of Dynamic Connections, LLC, a company that focuses on creating an engaged, energized workforce through positive business practices. She's also part of the executive education team and coordinator for the Office of Tax Policy Research, both at the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business. Celebrating over 20 years of professional experience working with all levels of staff in both for-profit and nonprofit organizations, she provides positive and empowering interactive presentations based on the research of the faculty at the Center for Positive Organizations. Mary engages attendees with research-based practices applied to work-life scenarios that can be immediately applied to their day-to-day life. Mary has a BA in Human Resource Administration and has worked at the University of Michigan for more than 30 years. In 2010, she received the University of Michigan's highest award given to staff, the Candace J. Johnson Award for Excellence. 
In addition, Mary was given the distinction of being one of the 2019 Top 10 Businesswomen of the American Businesswomen's Association. In 2019, she was also awarded a University of Michigan Impact Award. Today, we're going to talk about communication strategies with a real focus uh, specifically on gratitude. And so let me be cheesy and start by saying thank you for being here, Mary. <laughs> it's not cheesy at all. And it is my, my pleasure to uh, share this time with you. So as I warned you, my first question is always... Uh, what's your kale and what's your kryptonite? Let us get to know a little bit more about Mary. All right. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't say my my kale um, re specifically relates to gratitude journaling. Mm -hmm. And my kryptonite is trying to show gratitude in as many ways as I can think of and read about and observe. Oh, <laughs> There's perfect. not enough gratitude in the world. So. Uh -huh. Okay, excellent. I love that. And I love that you're going to talk, I hope, a little bit about gratitude journaling. I will just confess right now that journaling is, is really difficult for me. So um, trying to think about maybe developing that practice in the coming year. And so I'm looking forward to some tips. All right, so kale and kryptonite we covered. Uh, so tell us how you came to do what you do, specifically around gratitude, but also more in general as a consultant, um, and what it is exactly. What do I do? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell by your bio it's a good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, the University of Michigan has a um, university-wide group called Voices of the Staff. Um, about, probably about 15 years ago, um, Loretta Thomas started a uh, consortium of people to develop a program where staff had access to the executive officers. Student had access, students had access, faculty had access, but staff didn't. And so I was on this initial group in uh, a committee called Faculty Staff Communication. Um, and even though this was all about staff, we decided if we were going to have faculty staff communication, we should probably have some faculty on the committee um, if, if, as advisors, if nothing else. And one of those was my friend, Professor Jane Dutton. Um, long story short, we decided that her work was not just for MBA students or people attending executive education, it was for everyone. Mm. And so for the last almost 12 years now, I have been going around the university, around Ann Arbor, around Southeast Michigan, talking to groups and organizations and departments and about her research and the difference it can make in your life, the practical applications of her research. Mm. Um, I've also received permission from several other faculty in the group to share theirs. And one of them talked a little bit about the three attributes that really help define a positive work culture, gratitude, forgiveness, and compassion. Three words that you don't often hear a lot in the workplace. Yeah, 
I was fascinated about gratitude. And so I did all the research and checked it all out and de devised a class myself. All the other ones are based on the research of the other faculty, but this was one I really wanted to delve in. I wanted to know what research was out there and what did it say and how could it be applied. And so, um, yeah, so I now give presentations on multiple topics and this is definitely my passion. I still work at the university in a research office at the business school, but I am uh, down to three and a half days. And hopefully in January, uh, I'm going down to three days. Wow. So that I can spend more time writing these two books and uh, doing more presentations because um, this to me has been a gift that's been given to me and it's my responsibility to get it out there. Mm. So I have a question about your research. Where do you even begin researching something as vague, I guess, as broad as gratitude? Um, well, <laughs> I did a little cheating because uh, <laughs> in, in one of the books, one of the professors wrote, they had some references in the back of the book. So I just started there and then every book or article would have other references. And so that, yeah, right. I didn't um, do anything that was uh, mind blowing. I just did what other people have done. <laughs> so the next question is in your work around gratitude specifically, um, what have you noticed uh, about women at sort of 40 plus stage of life, how, how do, you know, and you can paint broad strokes, you can bring up exceptions, whatever works for you. How do we connect with gratitude or are we disconnected from it? Tell us more. Um, I think women that are a little more seasoned, if that's a polite way of putting it. I like that. Um, <laughs> may be a little more open to <clears throat> maybe revisiting something they had heard before or being open to something they hadn't heard before and it resonates with them. Mm. You know, we go through different phases in life and um, I think once we start hitting 40 plus, um, we start reevaluating a little bit of our life because for most of us, that's about the midway part. You know, obviously, if you get ill or are in an accident, that's not a pro, you know, doesn't apply. But on average, you're starting to look about the fact that, man, I think more than half of my life is now behind me. What, what do I want to do? How how do I want to make a difference? What impact do I want to have? And even when it's impact on your family, it doesn't have to be, you know, I want peace in the world, which would be awesome. But it's more about, you know, what are the things that I could do or I can make a difference? <laughs> I want peace in my home. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, right. exactly. Yeah, so it's different for everybody. And yet there's, there's this commonality of, this is a, a stage in life where we suddenly start reevaluating uh, and thinking about what's, what's our impact, what's our legacy. Um, the woman who was in our clubhouse last month uh, talked about how uh, this, this moment in life is actually very sacred. It's very holy. 
Um, and, and I love that you're also going to that positive immediately. You know, we, we so often think, oh, I'm over 40. I'm going to have the hot flashes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. My joints are going to ache. I'm going to gain weight. And no, life is great. <laughs> Honestly, I, I started um, doing this, like I said, almost 12 years ago. Mm. And that was, I was, let's see, do the math here. I was about 57 uh-huh. when I started. And it's transformed my life. So I was a little later than 40s, but you know, I mean, everybody is different about when things happen. And it just was my time to do some, some reevaluation, empty nest, all of that stuff. Yeah. And um, once I got exposed to this, it literally transformed me and what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm, I love that. Yes. I think we very often reach exactly as you said, the empty nest stage where all of a sudden you, you look at your partner across the table and you think, and, and who are you? <laughs> and there really is, there's more space, there's more time. And the question is, what are you going to fill it with? Um, and I, I, I want to jump in here a little bit and, and say something because um not all of us are at a point in our life when we have emptiness that we do have a partner. Right. Sometimes we don't, and um, it is different trying to step back and you know focus on yourself. I mean, whether you have a partner or not, it's. I think we spend, as women, we spend most of our life giving to other people. And I remember someone telling me, now you can do something you want to do. And it's not a negative in that I couldn't do what I wanted to do before. I was doing what I wanted to do was being a mother, yeah. you know, but it's like, you can sit back and go, wow, what, maybe what untapped potential do I have? Or what, um, maybe what, what strength or what gift do I have that I can share with others? Mm -hmm. And it can take, you know, there's a gazillion forms it can take. Um, but I think that's the important part. It's remembering it doesn't matter whether, um, you know, you're in a relationship, you're not in a relationship. It's, it's, it's still a very empowering time in life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that, uh, when I've spoken to women, women at this stage about this specific issue, it's fascinating to me how many, I would say it's, it's sort of a 50-50 split. Some women are saying, you know, it's giving me time to go back to what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. And the other half is saying, I've suddenly realized that I want to do something completely different. Yes. It's just so yes. wonderful that this is the stage where we can either rediscover or discover what the rest of our life is going to look like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's, if you're open, it's amazing. All the opportunities there's, there's um, uh, research on, on positive energy begets positive energy. So if you're around somebody who's positive, you pick up on that and it helps fuel you. Yeah. Energy is, is, um, you know, if you're around someone who's really positive and gives off this energy, I mean, it can stay with you and it can fuel you 
to think about something in a different way or maybe help you be a little more creative or ground you into, wow, I want to do X. Yeah. I want to do Y. Mm -hmm. and, and it helps to give you what you need to keep going forward. You know, yeah. it's one step at a time. And a lot of times we don't know what the next step's going to be. So yeah. I want to dig down into gratitude and I want you to just go anywhere you want with a topic that you're wild and crazy about. So uh, go for it. Tell us uh, how gratitude plays into to our daily lives and what we can do with it at this stage of our lives. All right. I'm going to start with um, um, a, a little bit of information about one study. Um, and I'll probably talk about several studies because that's part of, for me, of understanding the gratitude um, um, opportunities. Um, the work of Professor Glenn Affleck states that cardiac patients who experienced heart attacks and blame them on other people like well, if I didn't have such an awful boss, if, you know, my family, you know, waited on me more, if, you know, whatever, <clears throat> those patients were more likely to have an, were eight times more likely to have another heart attack. Eight times. Eight times. That's huge. Within five years, within five years, as opposed to those who are like, wow, I've got a second chance at life. I really want to do something that's, you know, meaningful. I want to spend more time with my grandchildren. I want to um, travel with my spouse. I want to, you know what I mean? It's like they, they take it internally instead of externally. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I find that very fascinating. <laughs> yes, and it, it actually uh, connects really well with something that we talk a lot about in the group, which is agency. When you, when you give away your agency, sometimes you're giving it away by blaming someone else. Like that was not my fault. And you know, right. these people are making me crazy. They're giving me a heart attack, literally. Yes. <laughs> but when you take that other approach and you think, oh, these are the things I want to do. And in order to do that, these are the things I myself need to do to make sure this doesn't happen again. You really are reclaiming some agency yes. that you had given away before. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's a group in California called the Heart Math Institute, and they measure heart rhythms. And uh, they've done studies on people when they were in the frustrated state. And so their heart rhythms are just real jagged. And we all know if that were to be consistent, we'd have some real problems. Yeah. Uh, but then they studied people that were in the appreciation state. It's not exactly the same as gratitude, but it's really, really close. And their heart rhythms were all very, very even. Mm. They decided a few years ago to take it one step further, and they decided to um, uh, check heart rhythms of people that were sleeping. So they were in the relaxation state. And surprise of surprises, even sleeping and relaxing was not as good as appreciation heart rhythms were still somewhat erratic. Interesting. Yeah. Even in yeah. sleep. Um, work by uh, Dachner Keltner, who's at uh, University of California, Berkeley. I, I, this is new information I just found out. Um, he did a study about people receiving recognition, which is positive feedback on something you've done, okay? 
versus a, um, appreciation, which is uh, valuing the person. Mm. Right? The study showed that productivity in people who received recognition went up by 23%. That's pretty good. You know, pretty good. Getting positive feedback makes a difference. People who were shown appreciation for who they are, not what they can do, productivity increased 43%. Almost twice. Yes, yeah. almost twice the amount. I mean, to me, that's just, it just reinforces to me what, um, you know, what, I come to believe in about the importance of gratitude and appreciation. Oh, and I do, I love that distinction about recognition versus appreciation. Yeah, Very important. And so applicable whether, you know, whether you're at work or at home or, yeah. yeah. <gasps> yep. yep. I'm, I'm always looking for new stuff to read and this, uh, there's a Greater Good Science Center. You'll find it, I'm sure it's listed in the resources. They are always putting out stuff on different types of um, uh, positive emotions and stuff because they do so much research out there. They are just a wealth of information. And so I was listening to a podcast and this came up and I was just like, man, I need this. For <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> my problem is I'm usually listening to podcasts when I'm walking my dog. So uh, when, when, I, when I get back home, it's kind of like, you know, you close the door and you forget what you were thinking. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Gotta yes. stop and voice memo myself. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's yeah. a great way to do it is just pull out your phone, you know, message to self or whatever. Yes. Look <laughs> this up. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about gratitude journaling because we had talked about that at the beginning a little bit. And um, I want to tell you about a research study, um, some of the benefits, and then um, maybe spend a little bit of time on the four things that any of us can do to increase our gratitude that don't take time right. because none of us have time. Yeah. <laughs> committed beyond committed. Even when it's doing volunteer work and stuff we love to do, we don't have time. Yeah. Um, and some of us, myself included, are not journalers. So it's a real, it takes a real effort, but I can give you some tips on that. Yes, well. please. Because I'm one of those who has a real challenge in that area. So the person that I call the doesn't say carry on and be grateful. No, keep calm and be grateful. (laughs) (laughs) It helps to know a little bit how to be grateful. Yes. (laughs) All right. So the person that I refer to as the guru of gratitude is Robert Emmons. He's a professor out in California, and he's one of the first to ever do studies on gratitude journaling. He took a group of people and uh, divided them into threes. One group, once a week, wrote down three to five things they were grateful for that happened that week, all right? Um, And they wrote down some things like um, um, sunshine through the clouds, um, relationships, Um, And then the other group wrote down three to five things once a week that really didn't go well. And one person wrote down that they burnt their mac and cheese. And I decided that that was really a bad day for them. (laughs) Definitely a bad day. (laughs) All right. 
So uh, then there was a third group and they were just instructed to write. They were not given any specifics, all right? In the end, the group who had written down what they were grateful for felt better about their lives as a whole, were more optimistic about the future, were 25% happier than other participants, had fewer health complaints, were more likely to exercise. Well, Professor Emmons was like, wow, this is, this is pretty amazing and I don't know that I believe it, so I'm gonna repeat it with a different group. Mm -hmm. Similar results. So this was the beginning of finding out, you know, what can happen when people start journaling and writing what they're grateful for. So my important thing to tell people is whether you write once a week, two times a week, or every day, the most important thing when you're writing is to write down what happened, the impact it had on you, and how you felt. So even if you just do that once a week, it will have benefits for you. So, um, it, and it doesn't have to be, I got a promotion or, you know, I, I, I often give the example a couple of years ago. Um, it was a January night, cold. The drive home for me is about a, a 25 minute drive. Um, seldom hit green lights. And I hit four green lights in a row. And I was so excited because my husband was making homemade chicken soup and it was gonna be ready for me to eat when I walked in the door. I was so grateful for those four green lights because it got me closer to getting home. Ah, okay, so that's but, the sort of thing I'm grateful for because this yeah, is the impact. Okay. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, it's, it's getting into, sometimes it's the simplest of things. It doesn't have to be huge. And it's also really good for us to be aware that, you know, we take for granted so many things in life that we have. Yeah. And if we stop and think about it, it does help us be a little bit more compassionate to others. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, it's interesting, there's, um, Professor Dutton has this uh, infinity graphic and research in, I think it's, I don't remember the psychology or sociology, but innately when people are grateful, they become givers. Mm. And it just is a continuous loop that never ends because the more grateful you are, the more giving you become. And then it, you have in, um, influence on other people. So the great example of that is, um, <clears throat> I don't know whether it's seven, eight years ago, people were in line at Tim Hortons and it, it made the news because somebody paid for the person behind and they paid for the person behind and nobody went up to them and said, now you have to pay for the person behind. This went on for hours, partly because innate, when we're grateful, we want to give. Mm. Um, let's see, I kind of got detracted. Well, oh yes, okay, I was talking about, yeah. So uh, one group says that you can never repeat. You always have to come up with something new. So even when you're grateful for something that's big in your life, 
you can only write it down once. You have to find something oh, else. Okay, so that was a question I had. <laughs> now, I've done it where I've repeated, but then I've also come up with another new thing. Mm -hmm. But I felt so compelled that I was so grateful. I still had to write about something. Mm -hmm. um, and a good example is having the opportunity to share this research and mm -hmm. to share what people can do in their lives on a daily basis. I mean, there are times when it's just like, yeah, this is the best thing that's happened to me. And it's going back in the gratitude journal. Going in there again. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'll come up with something else that, I'll, you know, Let's see. Uh, I know bananas were on sale today at the store and my husband says I should have a banana tree because I eat so many of them. So I'm grateful for that. Perfect. Help your potassium. <laughs> yes. And it gets, yes, it keeps my potassium. Up. All right. So, so let's go into a little bit of what you can do in your life to increase gratitude that doesn't take a lot of time. Um, the first thing is by Marty Seligman, who actually came to the university two years ago and spoke. Um, and his research shows that people who lay in bed, you don't have to write, you just think about three good things that happened that day. Again, you think about what happened, the effect on you, how it made you feel, right? You do that before you go to sleep at night and it increases your um, happiness and, um, oh, let's see, what did you say? Oh yeah, if you did this every day for one week, it leads to increases in happiness that persist for six months. That's he also is working out. Yeah, yeah, and he also said that, um, he said, I found that if people do this every night for a week, they don't want to stop. Yeah. It just puts your mind in a different place in trying to go to sleep as opposed to, oh, that meeting today was just crazy and I'm not sure what the outcome's going to be or tomorrow I overbooked myself. <laughs> oh, oh, I need to go to sleep right now. I need right to go now. to sleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you start the, well, if I fell asleep now, I could get seven hours. Yes. Oh, look, yes. If I fell asleep now, I could get six. <laughs> yes. So instead of that, think about the things because it just puts your brain in a totally different place. Okay. So that's one. The next one is, it's called mental subtraction. Think about something in your life major. What would your life be like if you hadn't? had that experience or you hadn't gotten that degree or you hadn't traveled to that country how much impact would that have on your life today um for some people it is a writing exercise the research is is that it's a writing exercise but it inc it increased happiness and gratitude um my best example of this is uh, a colleague of mine in another organization and she and her husband have hosted exchange students from around the world for over 20 years. And she said, I just can't imagine what my life would be like. Um, a year ago, she got to go to Europe um, and different places. I, I can't remember if she went to um, Asia as well, but she got to see six or seven of her students. And some of them still called her mom. And some of them had children. And she goes, I have grandchildren all over the world now. Ah. 
that's great. Okay, yeah. so by by thinking about if you were to take this out, you actually start appreciating what it has done for you. Yes, yes, the okay. impact that it's had on you. How how has it made you the person you are today? Mm-hmm. All right. So the third one is savor. Um. The research on this is the give it up practice, give up chocolate for a week and come back to it and you'll enjoy it more. And I've told them I wouldn't participate in this study because chocolate is a fifth food group. You must, <laughs> yes. have, it daily. You must have it daily to survive. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> However, one of the other things about savoring is not just give it up, it's go for a walk. Go for a walk and enjoy nature. Um, this time of year in Michigan, I mean, in lower Michigan, at least, we still have color. And when the sun shines on those leaves, to me, it's just, I get goosebumps. It's just absolutely breathtaking. Mm -hmm. In the springtime, in the arb, I mean, when the peonies come out, and I mean, you know, we have um, so many places we can go in Ann Arbor to um, enjoy nature. You know, wherever you live, if there's water, um, trees, anything that just kind of um, helps take your mind away from every day, mm-hmm. it has impact. And the fourth thing is just say thank you. We have a tendency in our culture to mostly just say thank you for the extraordinary mm-hmm. and not thank you for the ordinary. So I would encourage people to do any one of a number of these. It's don't confine thank yous to people to who expect it. Mm. All right. Catch somebody doing something. And here's a really great home example. Okay. So if anybody has teenagers still at home, <laughs> They find that they have um, a problem with keeping their room clean. (laughs) And uh, um, what one person did, this was just so perfect. They were so furious, you know, because it was always, um, yeah, anyhow, we all know what it's described. (laughs) Um, So this father went in and saw that all of his daughter's books in the bookshelf were all neatly aligned. And so he made it a habit of telling her how great it was that he thought she appreciated the books she had and how um, she had taken such good care of them. It was, you know, it's sometimes positive reinforcement can have after effects, like other things in the room started getting a little bit cleaned up. So it's gotta be done obviously with authenticity with sincerity and with heart yeah but it is still something that can be done mm-hmm. um, provide positive feedback as soon as possible um, have it written in somebody's permanent record mm. uh, have it go up the chain so that you know the supervisor of the supervisor can be notified you know mm-hmm. um, write it whether you're writing a note or a letter to somebody, that's one of the biggest gifts you can ever give them is writing a thank you, Mm -hmm. right? 
um, develop the art of saying thank you gracefully. So that's wonderful. Oh, yes. And I, I have to tell you, after the workshop that you did um, for the WXW, the, where I first met you, I, I did actually start implementing some of that with my son. And it really, it's amazing. The room is still a black hole, but, <laughs> but it's amazing how, how different the energy is when you just like one small thing. Thanks for taking the trash out without me telling you to do it. Yep. <laughs> and all yep. of a sudden for a few weeks it's done without any without yeah. having to tell him because we all want to be valued yeah i mean more than anything we want to be valued and we want to know that we make a difference we count yeah and gratitude is such an awesome way to express that and it's free <laughs> Who knew? You don't have to go to the store, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. I wanted to circle back real quickly. You were saying how, um, you know, write it down, put it in someone's permanent file. Um, I think going back to what you said about recognition and appreciation, the really nice thing is that you can actually appreciate someone who may not be doing great things at work. Uh, you know, just appreciating someone for being the kind of person who does this instead of saying, well, thanks for hitting your targets, your, you know, your sales targets or something like that. It's very yes. different. I, I've That's called equal opportunity. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I've even gone so far as um, I'm really, really big on filling out uh, um, surveys, especially when it involves somebody giving me a service. Yes. So for instance, when I call the IT department, um, this isn't quite exactly true, but sort of true. Like they know my name. I don't even have to tell them who it is because I call so frequently. <laughs> oh, it's that extension. <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. And, and I apologize for bothering them. And this one guy said, don't apologize. If you didn't call, I wouldn't have a job. Right. So it's, it's even being able to say, you know, in a simple survey after you got a service call, you know, this person was pleasant. I got my situation resolved. Um, they, they were kind. They took the time to explain to me what I'd need to do if it happened again. Just, just those little things yeah. can mean so much. Yeah. And I think that we tend to fill out surveys and fill out forms more when we're dissatisfied so when you do the one where you're satisfied people are really taken aback oh thank yep. you for, yes. for saying that <laughs> yes my funny story about that is i go to a a mechanic locally you know the local service shop for my car and every time they send me a, a survey i fill it out and i make a point of saying I've said this before, but thank you for not being the kind of place where, as a woman, I get talked down to. Yes. And it's amazing how every time I get a response, like, oh, thank you for pointing that out. And we'll be sure to tell people this because it's something that you're recognizing. And I thought, this is great because, you know, even the ones who might be inclined to, quote unquote, mansplain, have, you know, had it pointed out to them that somebody appreciates when you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And I want to circle back one more thing. Um, you said uh, when you were apologizing, I'm sorry for bothering you again. And he said, no, thank you 
for calling because otherwise I wouldn't have a job. I, it reminded me of something I saw recently, which is uh, as women, especially, we apologize too much. Oh, yes. And one of the suggestions was don't say sorry, say thank you. So for example, if you're running late to a meeting or meeting someone for lunch and you're late, don't say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Say, thank you for waiting. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, that's a really interesting exercise. It's sort of a mindfulness thing, thinking about how can I turn this around? Yes. I'm, I'm from a family of linguists, so I just love language and how we play with it. You know, like when you say and instead of but, and mm -hmm. I get to, or I choose to instead of I have to. <laughs> so I'm thinking like, how many places can we use thank you where we would normally use something else? Yes. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So tell, uh, tell everybody how we can find you, where you might be showing up next to do presentations, anything you want to share with us about where we can find Mary Chekanese. So the best way to get in touch with me is by email. And so I think that'll probably be on the, the information that you have. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm happy to come to uh, organizations, departments, units, whatever. Um, this is, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is my passion. Um, I do several other presentations, but I have to admit, because I did all the research on this, this is my favorite. Yours. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can do this right. Three points. Um, I want to thank you for being here today to make a difference in our lives. And it makes me feel like I can start, A, I can start a month of gratitude with November, Thanksgiving coming up, and also that Maybe there's hope for me as a journaler. <laughs> Let me tell you, if there's hope for me, who's never written, it's there's all, definitely hope for you as a linguist. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for that confidence. <laughs> I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my passion with others, because uh, as you could tell, it's something I can talk about for quite a while. Um, thank you again. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice, and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. And Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker LLC neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as through some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.